Greetings, friends, and welcome to Trajectory Podcast. All right, so we've successfully finished our look at Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well. Now we're going to take um, a, a turn and look at some of Jesus' parables. So our next series will be on Jesus' parables. We'll probably hang out there for a long time. Uh, why don't we pray? Dear Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, podcasts and listeners and for the story of the Good Samaritan. I pray that as we study these things that you would open our hearts to who you are, that you would draw us to yourself. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now for our moment of positivity. There's this general shift as a society towards busyness. Uh, stress and responsibility. And lots of times we're busy and stressed out and responsible for things that are really good. Um, but inevitably, this stress and busyness and responsibility will lead to us being totally worn out, both physically and emotionally. There's just too much to care about. What do we do when we're stressed out? Peter uh, was the close friend and disciple of Jesus, uh, and he told people to do this. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, he says, Cast all your anxiety on him, that's God, because he cares for you. So Peter kind of paints God like this friend that we hit up after an argument or stressful day. He wants us to take all the things that stress us out and place them in a basket and then drop that basket in his hands and walk away. I believe that the way to do this is by telling God all about what's going on with us, uh, engaging God in a conversation that explains the things that you're stressed out about, and then in that prayer, telling God that you're going to trust him to uh, help you in those situations and take care of the things that you can't control. God cares about you. That's what's so amazing about this passage is that God is someone who even though he's probably busy spinning planets and taking care of all kinds of crazy God-sized problems, he genuinely is interested in hearing about our problems. You and I don't always have to be stressed out. Give your basket of troubles to Jesus. And that's our moment of positivity. All right, now for a parable. Uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verses 29 through 37. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10, verses 29 through 37 says this. A man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him, and the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. All right, my friends, uh, 
This parable is, like I said, called the parable of the Good Samaritan. And why don't we just take a second and see what we can learn here. Uh, A Jewish man is on a trip and gets beaten up and robbed. After this, two people pass him without helping. Uh, Finally, a Samaritan stops and helps the man at his own expense. This is the kind of the basic pieces of the story. To understand why this parable matters, we actually have to go way back to one of the most important commands that God ever gave his people. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 says this, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. All right, most of you know Moses was this guy who led the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt into the promised land, which is now called Israel. Along the way, he gave them special rules to follow. The Bible documents these rules in a few different books like Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. These books are without doubt the most boring books in the whole Bible. (laughs) The, The book of Leviticus especially was just super boring and super important if you were a Levite. Levites were a tribe of Israel who all served in the temple uh, or had jobs that related to the temple or worshiping God. They would be priests and they would do other things like uh, light special candles and purify items of worship. The Levites were always supposed to be ready to serve God. Uh, So the Levites were special to God and they were treated differently than any other tribe because of their special connection to God. It's in this book this book written to the Levites, that Moses wrote for these guys what we find uh, here in this special rule about not taking up a grudge and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. All right? So the rule was given especially to Levites. Fast forward a couple thousand years, several thousand years, and there's a priest and a Levite, or two Levites, and one of them happened to be a priest because a priest had to be a Levite. Uh, And these two people were supposed to live lives devoted to God and in obedience to these rules. And they walk right past this beat up, almost naked, robbed guy. All right? So they weren't obeying God's word. And I'd imagine they probably had some pretty good reasons to walk uh, past. Maybe they were busy, right? uh, Priests had a lot of work to do. The Levite, too, might have been late to light some special holy candles. Yeah, got to... Make sure those candles are lit. Maybe they just didn't want to get dirty. Um, The Bible had these rules, or the law of Moses had these rules for priests and Levites, that if they touched someone who was unclean, they couldn't perform their duties until they had done some special washing and quarantine for a while. This was like all the way back at at the beginning of the Israelite nation. So probably in their mind, there was no way to really know if this guy was clean or not. Better not risk it. Let's just walk past on the other side of the road. The most likely reason that they didn't help the man was simply because it was inconvenient. Just kind of not what they wanted to do. Taking care of the guy in the road would have been messy, time-consuming, and potentially expensive. So, the dying man on the road is running out of luck. His two comrades, his his fellow Israelites, uh, didn't help him. Uh, So this man is probably going to die. But here comes a Samaritan, and an extraordinarily kind one at that. You'll remember from our time uh, 
studying and learning about the woman at the well, who was also a Samaritan, that Samaritans were hated by the Jews. And then they returned the favor by hating Jews themselves. If anyone had an excuse not to help the Jewish guy, it was the Samaritan guy. But he helped anyways. First, he dressed his wounds with oil and wine. Then he transported him safely. And then he paid for his recovery. He did exactly what he would have liked someone to do to him in that situation. All right. So that's the story. All right. It's a nice story. How does it apply to us? Let's make some applications. I was talking to this girl once who was a senior in high school. She didn't go to church or youth group, but she used to. And her reason for stopping was, and I quote, girls at youth group are mean. <laughs> That's what she said to me. Now, I wasn't born yesterday, and I know a cheesy excuse when I see one. I also know that this girl was one of the least popular people in school. She probably experienced meanness from a lot of people all the time. And she may have also uh, kind of asked for it. She may have been mean to other people too. I, I don't know. And honestly, it doesn't really matter because the lessons of the story here apply to people that are uh, distinctively unlikable. The Samaritan was nice to a person who the day before uh, getting beat up would have not even talked to him. All right? The Samaritan was extraordinarily nice to someone who any other day would have been a jerk to him. He wasn't just nice, uh, but he saved his life and ended up paying over two days wages for his recovery. A denarii was what a person back then earned uh, after working an entire day in the field or something like that. And so the guy paid two of those and he he paid more when he came back, according to the, the passage, or at least he offered that. Do you ever do this? Uh, sometimes I congratulate myself on being super nice to people. Like, I'm, I'm a friendly person by nature. I like people for the most part, and sometimes I congratulate myself on that. You know, like, man, I, I just really am very nice. And, and I can become maybe a little proud. Uh, but... There's always that one guy or one girl that annoys me like crazy. You know, that one person who's just like super obnoxious and, and way not cool and a thousand other things. I don't have to be nice to him or, or her, right? Like, that's not the rule. If, I, if I'm just nice to a majority of the people, I'm doing pretty good. I'm like mostly obeying the verse, right? Right? Or, or maybe maybe the rule doesn't apply just to people like that annoy me, maybe the rule like ends like as far as being kind to other people and treating them like I want to be treated. Maybe that ends. Maybe there's like a caveat, a way to get around that for people who aren't just like annoying or uncool, but are actually mean. Like people who have been mean to me in the past or someone who's gossiped about me to others. Do I have to be kind to them? Well, uh, this is the person that the Samaritan was kind to. Jews were mean to Samaritans. That's what Jews did. And the Samaritan was nice to the Jew. So, <laughs> if we're really listening to what Jesus says in this passage, then the answer to my question is yes. We do need to be kind to those people. Don't be like me. Don't congratulate yourself on being nice to people who are nice to you. If you're kind to the person in life that you dislike the most, 
or who dislikes you the most, that's something to congratulate yourself on right there. That is really loving your neighbor like Jesus said. I'd encourage you this week to find that person, like search them out. Uh, The person in your school that no one likes. That person in your school that if you were kind to them or their friend, others would think less of you for it. And treat them like you want to be treated. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Trajectory Podcast. Until next time, may God richly bless you.